to say one thing about our country right now in the last six months, it is that we are polarized with so many conflicts, and everybody believes that they're right. I mean, you can't even go on Facebook right now without people who are previously friends getting all upset about this or that or the election or what's going on or marches and just crazy, crazy stuff, and we're always going to be faced with conflict. February is the Relationships Month here at Church on the Rock, Dallas, and this week we're talking about conflict resolution. I want to give you a plug, though, for next week. We're going to be talking about husbands and wives, boyfriend and girlfriends, and let me just tell you, it's going to be PG-13+. plus. It's going to be talking about sex. We're going to be talking about all the things, the big picture of what all is involved. So people with children, I'm forewarning you now, you may want to make sure they're in kids' church next week because we're going to jump right in to see what God says in the Bible. How many of you know God has something to say about every area of your life? But this week, we are on conflict resolution. Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 18, says, If possible... So far as it depends on you. And this is what's really interesting to me. That's the thing that really jumps out. As far as it depends on you. That means I have to do everything I can do and not just say, well, you know, I tried. But it shows that I have some responsibility here. Be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, but leave room for the wrath of God. In other words, Paul's saying here, the writer of the book, Paul, he's saying, don't look to get back at somebody because they've hurt you. Leave room for God because you don't know what's going on in their life. This past week, I was talking, I was sitting at a restaurant and I was talking with someone and they were really upset about another waitress and the different peers that they've got there. And they did this and that and something else. And it's so unfair. And I just sat there and politely listened. And then when this person was done, I said, now, let me just tell you, I said, What if there's another side that you just don't see? Did you know that the person that you're upset with, that she had to cancel going out as a single mom last night, which she was planning to go and just have a night to let her steam off, and she had to stay home because her daughter was sick, her son was sick, and possibly even had to go to the emergency room and all this stuff, and then today still had to come to work. So maybe there's some other issues going on that you're just seeing this confrontation that happened? Well, no, I didn't know that. Well, of course you wouldn't know that. It's private. And I'm not even going to tell you all the details I do know about that situation. But isn't it interesting that sometimes there can be more going on than what we see? Some of the the different points that popped up in the video, I'm always right. They're going to see it my way. But that's so close-minded But here we see in the scripture, don't take your own revenge because God says, I'm going to take care of it. So God knows the full story. So if it is something they've done terrible to you, God says, I will repay them. I will take care of that situation. But also the other side is if it's not in fact them that's wrong and it's not you that's wrong, God's still going to take care of the entire situation. Verse 20. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. 
For in doing so, you're heaping burning coals on his head. Now, we don't understand what that means in our culture and our society. And some people think, that's really that hot stuff on their head. That's going to be really good for them, and it's going to burn them out, and they're going to be totally lit. But no, that's not what it's talking about at all. In that society, they had fireplaces and not gas and not anything else that would start it. They didn't have fire starters. They had to just keep building everything up. And if they went from one house to another and the didn't put intentionality or didn't leave somebody watching the fire, the fire would go out. How many of you had a fireplace and you burn it and it's all wonderful and it's great and then it goes out if you don't keep putting woods on it, wood on there. I hate that part. I hate the, having to get up in the middle of the night to put wood so it's still warm. Well, they don't have central heat, so that's a problem. So what they would do is they had these special baskets that was well-lined, and they would put heaping coals, burning coals, in that, and they would then cover it up, and they would carry it on their head to the next place. And when they got there, they would take it out, and it was what started the warmth in their life. So see, the Apostle Paul is not even saying that you're going to do something bad to them. It's actually taking an additional step of kindness that you're saying, when you do this, it's the same thing as saying, hey, I know where you're going is cold. So I'm going to give you something to help it get started in your life. Verse 21. This is really interesting. This is one of our key scriptures. So stay, write this one down if you're writing notes, taking notes. This is a good one. But do not be overcome with evil. But overcome evil with good. I'm going to say it again. Do not be overcome with evil. Now, how many of you know that when something bad happens to you, when there's a conflict, when there's one of those situations that you're just like, ugh, someone comes up against you, you just like smack, like two cars colliding in a head-on, that's you and someone else. It's really easy to be overcome by what you want to do to them. And it's not showing them the love of God. Somebody cuts you off in traffic and slams on their brakes. Do you go, I would just like to give you $20. No, you're like, I want to get out and shoot you. That's more other we have road rage and all these different situations that people jump out and actually do. It says it could be so easily, but don't be overcome with evil. As we're looking at resolutions and conflict, I, I went and looked it up in the book dictionary, and I, I started seeing different things here. So I'm just going to read a couple of the actual literal definitions of resolution, because that's what we're looking for. We're not just looking to stay in conflict, right? I mean, that would be pretty bad. If we just talk about conflict, I get you all worked up and think about all the different situations. Like, okay, go, have a good night. That's, that's it. We're done. We're looking to resolve the conflict. But it, a resolution is a formal expression or opinion or intention made. Also means the act of resolving. It means a decision or determination a mental state or quality of resolving or being resolute or an act of process act or process of resolving or separating into a constitute or the actual um, act of it so when congress stands up and they vote on something and their decision to go in a certain way what is that called that's also called a resolution our declaration of independence is a resolution that we have that we're going to make this path that goes over here. So I want to draw that conclusion that kind of jumped out at me. It's, it's actually something you're saying, hey, it's not all right yet, but this is where we're going. 
I'm still standing here, but tomorrow I'm going to be over there. And when we look at conflict in our life and we look at conflict resolution, it's okay to say, man, where I'm at right now sucks. Where I'm at right now, I really don't like you. But I'm making a resolution that I'm going this way to not think evil of you, not to think bad. I don't want to see you get harmed in any way. I want to see you good, and that's where I'm going to end up. I may not be there right now. I may still kind of go, uh, I don't really like you too much right now. But that's okay. It's also a musical term. Now, a true story, I probably was not the easiest child to wake up in the morning. And just one of those people that I like sleeping. And when I'm in my bed, it feels so wonderful. It's so nice and warm. And my pillow, and I'm just all just right. And my mom would come in and try and wake me up to go to school. And I would just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like hitting snooze on the alarm clock, right? So this is what my mom, drove me crazy, started doing. I had a piano in my room, and she would come, and she would play a little melody line, and she'd leave off the last note. Now, what do you think me as a musician did is just drove me crazy. I could not go back to sleep because that note, that progression wasn't resolved. I'd have to get up, throw the covers back, and go over there, ding, 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 ding. I'm like, ah! It's got to be resolved. Well, we're the same thing. The first place that we see conflict is actually in the book of Genesis. If you'll turn with me to Genesis chapter 4. I'm going to tell you the story in summation, but we're looking at chapter 4 and verse 6. Cain and Abel, they gave their offerings to God. Now, they were not young, as many people might think. And they were probably in their 70s or 80s, truthfully. So this isn't their first time of giving offerings. And they gave their offerings, and God was pleased with one and not pleased with the other. So Cain was the one who ended up with the short end of the stick. God did not accept his offering. So then the Lord, in verse 6, said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your countenance fallen? See, this was something they had to do every year to offer up a sacrifice to God because of the sinful nature of, you guys know the story of Adam and Eve and the apple. Everybody in the world knows the story about Adam and Eve and the apple. And now they're reaping the benefits of their mom and dad's decision. And so they have to now work harder and give these offerings. And they got, he got lazy. He gave something that was just whatever. We talked about that a few weeks ago. So I'm not going to go into great details with that. But here, God saw what was starting to happen in Cain's heart. I don't know about you, but sometimes I start feeling that little pinch in my heart of I'm starting to get upset with somebody, or I start feeling anxious when I'm driving, and I drive a lot, so this is a great analogy for me. But I could feel that pinch coming, and it's like, ah! I start feeling my blood pressure rising. Does anybody else, even as I'm talking about it, you're like, ah, you're getting with me? And, and God comes and says, why, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? Why have you changed even what's on the outside of your face? And the next scripture says, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? See, he's not talking about what's happening external. He's saying what's going on inside of you. If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? So when you make decisions, say, hey, I'm going this way. 
regardless of what's going on here, don't you know that even your countenance is going to be lifted up? But here is the cool thing, the key thing. And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. And its desire is for you. And you must master it. See, when I don't deal with that anxiousness, that conflict, that situation that's just driving me crazy, that I want to just smash them. I want to pull out in front of somebody and slam on my brakes when they do it. I want to pass them. I just want to get out there. I know I'm the only one who ever wants to do that. You guys are perfect, and you never have those conflicts or those issues that you feel like. But I do. I'm just going to confess. Confession is good for the soul. So here we go. I'm confessing to you guys. But you see, when I do that, what's going to happen? If I just run up there and I just beat on their door and I'm like, that was a green light. Go. Green means Go. It just get all upset with them. What's going to happen? Are they going to go say, oh, that's great. Or are they going to get out and say, well, you want some of me? What's that saying? I wish I could remember it. Catch me outside. <laughs> That'd be a great time if I had written that in my notes, but it's just like, hey, you're right now. I mean, isn't that what we want to do? Just catch me outside. Come on, you want some of me? We're just going to do that. But you see, sin is lying at the door. It's like, come on, baby. Come on out. Because when you come out, I'm just going to grab you. I'm going to tackle you down, and I'm going to have you, and I'm going to devour you. Of course, we know in the story that Cain didn't listen to God, and he actually went on and killed his brother. But you see, God warned him of the little thoughts, of the conflict that was going on inside of him, and say, hey, here's a resolution to what you're going through. Jesus was talking to us again, um, to his disciples, and we're going to look at that in Matthew chapter 5. And this, I, I've got a lot of scripture today, so just follow with me. But um, I love having a lot of scripture. Verse 38 says, You've heard this said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, has anybody ever heard that before? Even people who haven't ever been to church have heard of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Jesus says, verse 39, But I say to you, but I say to you, do not resist an evil person. Don't come into conflict with them. Don't, you don't have to be right. You don't have to jump out there and put it out there. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other one to him as well. What? Are you kidding me? So I'm, I'm like trusting you a little bit. And, and you, you violate my trust and you smack me. You slap me on the cheek. And I, my natural thing is I'm going to come across with a left hook or a right hook or I'm going to take you down. Or I'm certainly going to posture myself so you can't do this again. And yet Jesus says, but I say to you, expose your other cheek. In other words, don't close yourself off from people to prevent yourself from being hurt. But I can't tell you how many people that I talk to all the time that they'll tell you that they've got guards up. They've got walls up. They've got all these things that I'm, I'm going to protect me. No one's going to hurt me again. No one's ever going to do that to me again. But you see, you're trying to get vengeance. You're trying to do what is only God's job. Continues on. But if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 
so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. And that whole progression right there is talking about a Jewish um, progression that they had. They, they classified when you're a baby, and then when you became a toddler, then when you become a teenager, then when you become an adult, you become a son. This is actually talking about that progression. So my progression in being a, a Christian, I may have accepted Christ last week. I may have accepted Christ 30 years ago. It doesn't matter time of that. It matters how much of God's words am I listening to? How much am I applying to my life? How much am I growing? So he says, so that you may be sons. You may go to the next level of your father who is in heaven, who causes the sun to rise. And that's not the point of where we're going. So that we can have the progression of growing up. Matthew chapter 18, you don't have to go there. Peter came to Jesus and asked him, how many times should we forgive somebody? So, so Jesus, if somebody comes up and they, they hurt me, so like I turn this cheek and I turn the other cheek, and how many times should I do that? Should I do it seven times? Seven times enough, Jesus? And he's probably thinking, man, he's going to say, man, that's really good. And Jesus turns and says to him, no, 70 times seven. I don't know about you, but I couldn't count 490 times of somebody smacking me every day or hurting me or causing problem. But God wants us to do that. In Colossians, of course, we're reading through the book of Colossians this month as a church. Again, I just want to encourage you to read it. Just start chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, you're done. It's really simple. But in chapter 3, we're going to look at a scripture today. Verse 13 says, Make allowance... For each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Go back to the previous one, please, Michael. Go back to 13. Yes. Make allowance. What does that mean to make allowance? If I'm building something and I make an allowance for something, I prepare a place for that. And I say, okay, I know that's what's going to come through here. So I'm going to make allowances for each other's faults. So today I want to challenge you to make allowance for other people's faults. Those people that are driving on George Bush, those people who are driving on 121 Sam Rayburn, on 35 Dear God and all the construction, make allowance for their faults. See, we're not saying people have to be perfect because I'm certainly not perfect. Are you perfect? None of us are perfect. We're all in need of being forgiven. We're all in need of having some allowance made for us. So make allowance for other people's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Not if they come and say, I'm sorry. Not if they aren't going to ever do it again. Not if they're really got, they understand how bad they hurt me. No, forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. Verse 14, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. So we say, make an allowance that someone's going to make a mistake in your life. And then put on love. So you say, the bad side of that would be, okay, I made a way for you. I knew you were going to mess up. 
I knew you were going to mess up. I knew you were going to see there. You did it. You, there you go. I, just knew, I knew you couldn't stop doing fill in the blank. No, it says clothe that with love. So make an allowance for them to make a mistake and then clothing it with love. So when they make a mistake, you go, we're going to stay in harmony because I love you. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. It says in Proverbs 16 that when people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Would you bow your heads with me? I have a question for you today. A couple, actually. Where do you find yourself today? Is sin lying wait at your door? If you're like me, when you hear a message like this, you think of immediately someone that has hurt you, a situation you've had. You kind of cringe. Maybe you even relived it a little bit. Is there someone you need to forgive? Is there a situation you need to rectify? Or make right? In the ultimate situation, you may say, Pastor Kevin, I'm far away from God. So while he's made a provision for me, knowing that I was going to mess up, and he's there to love me, I don't even know how to receive that. Wherever you're at today, in any of these situations, we just want to pray with you. So if that's you in any of those categories, and you want to be included in our prayer, I ask you just to raise your hand. Real simple. Thank you. I want everybody to pray with me. You don't have to pray out loud. We're just going to pray inside of us. God in heaven, I thank you for making a provision for me. I thank you that Jesus is that provision. I choose to receive him as my Savior. And I choose to receive his provision for me. I acknowledge that I need help with making the right choices. And I don't want to live a foothold for the devil. And I certainly don't want sin lying in wait outside my door. So God, I ask you to help me. In Jesus' name I pray.